Welcome to the Passionpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Ryan C. Green. Thank you for joining us again for another week, another episode of the show. So this is the show where we help you get paid for what you know by building passion-driven revenue streams. So if you've been listening and following along, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the show on whatever podcast listener you use. Also, make sure that you go ahead and leave a comment or review. Give us a five-star review. Uh, if you don't, if you don't want to give us five stars, and let me know what you don't like. <laughs> don't don't go in and give us two and three stars. <laughs> Just playing around. But definitely, thank you for all your support. Thank you for tuning in uh, to the show. And, and as usual, we have another great guest this week. Uh, before we get into the show, we want to make sure that you know you can follow us everywhere on social media at Raji Speaks. You can go follow everywhere on at Raji Speaks. Uh, you can follow me. You can follow information about the show uh, there. But, of course, every week we want to start with some announcements we have to make. So uh, let's listen to some upcoming events, and we'll get right into the show. Will this finally be the year that you write your book? Hi, I'm Ryan C. Green, and as an author coach, I get asked the same two questions all the time. Question one is, how do I write my book? And question two is, how do I sell more books? And at the Six Figure Author Mastery Masterclass, we're going to teach you how to do both. This upcoming class is going to teach you on day one everything you need to know about how to write your book in three days so that you can finally get off the couch and get your book done this year. No more excuses. I'm going to show you my proven system on how to get your book done within three days so that you finally can get your book published. And then on day two, we're talking all about how to sell more books, how to go out there and maximize the revenue from your book. So if you've not written your book yet and you want to finally learn how to write your book, this is for you. If you've written a book already and you need to know how to sell more books, this is for you as well. So you can go now and register spaces limited. We're only taking 12 people per master class. The next upcoming class is open for registration right now at www.sfamasterclass.com. That's S as in six, F as in figure, A as in author masterclass.com go ahead and save your seat right now www.sfamasterclass.com i look forward to helping you turn your 20 dollars book into a six-figure revenue stream absolutely so don't delay go ahead and make sure you go ahead and register for the uh, master class that's coming up all right so uh, let's jump right into it. today's guest is a special guest we're going to talk about something that is very interesting uh, i think that uh, depending on who you are depending on where you've been uh, you may find that uh, you're going to find this interesting either way. I think you're going to learn some things um, and I think that you can kind of, if you open up your mind, you can learn some things and, and, and uh, really look at some things in a different way and probably uh, learn how to make some money as well along the way. So let's jump right in. I want to welcome our guest, Mr. Jerome Chenever to the show. Welcome to the show, Jerome. Uh, good afternoon, Ryan. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm doing great, doing wonderful. Glad to have you on the show. Uh, and, and let's get right into it because I want to tell people who you are and I'll, I'll let you tell them who you, who you are and what we're going to talk about today. All right. Well, thank you. Um, well, my name is Jerome Schinner and I'm the president and CEO of Green Life Consultant LLC, which is a full service cannabis consulting company. Uh, we specialize in cannabis business insurance and cannabis business advice. And our um, purpose for existing is to help people navigate the legal cannabis industry as this is an emerging industry and it's um it's wide open for anyone so what our company try to do is we take the the um guessing game out of out of this uh industry because we know for the past eight decades 
uh, this particular plan has been demonized and criminalized. So with the change in the mindset in the, in the, in the laws of modern society, uh, we find that people have a lot of questions because there's so much disconnection um, between the federal laws and the state laws. So we have people navigate the um, legal cannabis space if they're interested in opening a cannabis business. Awesome. So let's talk about some of that right now, because, you know, uh, let's just first talk about that shift. You talk about uh, the plant and how it's been demonized over the last 80 years. And uh, talk to us about what you've seen in the industry and what caused the shift uh, that we've seen probably less than 10 years now. We're really starting to see uh, the, the shift and it's being accepted as, uh, you know, a, a remedy or herbal supplement, just like any other plant that, you know, people can go and pick somewhere and say, Hey, this helps heal this. Right. Uh, well, we know that the truth can only be suppressed for so long. Mm -hmm. So the time that we're living in, there's more access to information. And as this plant is being researched, it's now being looked at from a totally different perspective. It's now being looked at how can we use it on a day-to-day -day basis? And the, and the best way to examine it is to look at it from a medicinal perspective or a scientific or wellness perspective. And that's what we've been able to see over the past 10 years with the, with the research that, that has been allowed. We're finding that this plant has more compounds beyond THC that have medicinal properties. And the particular compound that we're hearing a lot about now is CBD, which is cannabis oil. That particular compound introduces a whole new mindset when we talk about the cannabis plant because now we're taking a look at the, the the science of the plant and when we look at the science and the pharmacology we have to say well what is this plant and when we ask that question we see that it's, it's part of a, a family of plants and it has two main subspecies and from these two subspecies we start finding more information on how this plant can be used from a medical perspective so the cbd that everyone is is really finding out about that actually comes from the hemp plant, which is one of the subspecies of the cannabis plant. So it's just the shift in the mindset and how the plant can be used in modern times versus just hey, demonizing it because of you know historical reasons. Awesome. Now educate us because I know for myself, I, I don't I, I I see stuff. Now you know I'll be upfront. I've never smoked it. Never. Uh, got down with it, didn't like the whole smoking thing. And I think that part of what's helped my mindset shift is being able to see the benefits. People that I know as, as I've gotten older who've been able to use this, uh, the, the different elements uh, and see the healing benefits and kind of just educate myself on it. And now that there are other ways to take it. So kind of educate us. Can you break down when you talk about the subspecies? I've heard of hemp, but what is hemp? And then what are we talking about? When we talk about obviously the CBD oil that we see a lot of people talking about now and selling everywhere. Um, should everybody be taking this? Is it harmful? I know some people are probably asking, can I get high from CBD oil and things like that? So, you know, we want to talk about demystifying this industry. So help educate some of us on uh, those aspects right there. Very good. Uh, those are good questions, Ryan. And I'll start from the CBD oil and we'll work from that point. CBD oil is cannabidol oil. It comes from the hemp plant, okay, the flower of the hemp plant. Now what happens is, when we take a look at, at the cannabis plant, it has two subspecies, cannabis sativa L and cannabis sativa. Cannabis sativa L is hemp. 
And the hemp plant looks just like a marijuana plant. The difference is, is the, the chemical makeup. The federal regulation to determine hemp versus marijuana is 0.3 THC level. THC is tetrahydrocannabinoid. That's the compound in the plant that creates a psychoactive response. And that's the, when we look at the marijuana plant, which is the other subspecies, cannabis sativa, it has high THC levels. So when we take a look at marijuana, it has high THC levels. Hemp has low THC levels, but the hemp plant has high CBD levels. Mm -hmm. So that's the primary difference between the two on the surface. When we just look at it from a very basic perspective, marijuana has high THC levels and hemp has high CBD levels. Now, when we take a look at the hemp plant, the one that gives us the high CBD levels, this is where you're getting your, your hemp seed oil, your CBD oil, your hemp oil. This is all coming from this plant that has 0.3 or less THC. Now, the thing about the hemp plant is it has high utility. This plant can also be used for textiles. The CBD flower is where we get the oils and all the medicinal products. But the value of the plant is that we can also use it in other industries. For example, the textile industry. I mean, the fiber of this plant can be used to make clothes. The stock can be used. And the, the byproducts, which is called biomass, that can also be used for biofuel. So the plant in itself has a very high utility. So that's the one thing that, you know, that I teach when I'm speaking to people and educating people about the plant is before we can start talking about the money and how we make it, we have to understand the plant. Mm -hmm. Because the confusion that people have right now is they'll hear cannabis and they think marijuana, but they're not understanding that cannabis, when we're talking about it, it's a family of plants with the two subspecies. And we start talking about marijuana. Now we're talking about that plant that has those high THC levels mm -hmm. that can give us psychoactive effects. So how does all of this work? I know this is a lot and we have limited time, but that's that the value of, of having these types of, of interviews is that we'll take the knowledge and we'll break it down so that it can be understood so that as people start investing and move into, you know, understanding how they can, can benefit from this industry. They'll have a, a, a clear understanding of what they're getting involved in. So let's take a look at real quick how this plant interacts with the human body. Everyone is born with, born with what is called the endocannabinoid system. That is a system that is in your body that, that produces cannabinoids, okay? So what happens is when the body receives external cannabinoids, typically from the cannabis plant, be it CBD, THC, or any other cannabinoid, it's going to attach to one of two receptors, the CB1 receptor or the CB2 receptor. The CB1 receptor is that receptor that attaches to THC and gives us that euphoric feeling, okay? That's primarily the nervous, central nervous system in the brain. What happens is when the cannabinoid links with the endocannabinoid system, it's like a lock and key system. So that external cannabinoid, THC, locks with the endocannabinoid system and helps with the homeostasis process. So all that's taking place is a natural biological process is being enhanced and aided when you ingest cannabis. So when we talk about the CB2 receptor, that's the one that's found primarily in the GI tract, okay? So 
the way that that usually occurs is when you ingest an edible. Okay, mm-hmm. that's why edibles have a different effect than consuming cannabis through smoke. Is because the edible goes through a digestive process, and now the cannabinoid is attaching to the CB2 receptor. But the same process, the lock and key, and helps the homeostasis process. That's why people would say, "Oh, I had an edible. It lasts long. I felt this way, this way." Is because the process is totally different, and it's in it's entering the bloodstream different. So that's why there's different effects when you consume it different ways. So that's why it's very important that people take time to understand this plant before they really start even consuming it for the first time or even getting involved on the money side. Because when we take a look at the money side, the business side, we're taking the illegal industry and bringing it, you know, to the legal side. And we know how that goes. All kinds of scams and schemes are going to come with it. So this is a very exciting an important time in history because we have an opportunity to create, you know, a more level playing ground in the business world if it's handled properly when we talk about the legalization of this plant because you don't have to get in the industry touching the plant. You know, there are ancillary businesses that support the industry. So there are, there are a lot of ways for people to get involved without directly touching the plant. And that's why I always tell people, first, educate yourself about the plant. And then you take a look at how you want to get involved in the industry, and that's a whole process within itself. You know, there are a lot of people that have jumped in this industry, and they have money. And just because you have – this is one thing I want people to understand. Mm-hmm. Just because you have money, that doesn't mean you're going to be successful in the cannabis business. There are a lot of stories of people having money, and within 24 hours or a month, that money that they saved all their life is gone because this is a this is a emerging an emerging industry, and there are a lot of things that are not totally understood and regulated. So you have to be careful how you navigate. I mean, if you are tracking the business side of this, you see the, the number one business concept that is dominating the, the large scale businesses in the cannabis industry is mergers and acquisitions. Okay, so just because you have money, that don't mean you're going to be successful. You have to have know-how in this industry. You have to have know-how. So let's talk. Let's uh, talk about that. I want to jump into now the industry and the business of uh, cannabis. So talk about some of the ways that uh, first let's talk. If I'm a person with money, if if I've been in business, let's talk about some of the best, maybe one or two best ways that you've seen them get into the industry. And then if I'm, I'm uh, you know, a middle class, regular person who doesn't have a whole lot of money, but I want to get in here some kind of way, uh, maybe give us one or two ways that you've seen those people get into the industry. Okay, great. Well, the first thing that we have to understand is that we're dealing with an industry. So when we're dealing with the industry, what we first want to do is take a look at the very segment of the industry. We have retail, cultivation, manufacturing, and processing. Um, ancillary businesses, laboratory. So let's say, for example, if you are an accountant, okay? That's one of the easiest transitions I've seen into this industry because every business needs an accountant. Right. So for someone that has an accountant practice, all they would have to do is start building their knowledge of the cannabis industry and finding out what are the laws because the big thing you know, when when it comes to, to the business side, it's the taxation. You know, you have 280E, which limits what you can deduct as cannabis business owner. 
So that's just one example is if you're in the service side of, of, um, of your industry, say law, uh, CPA, um, insurance, even real estate, all you would want to do is start building out your, your current skill set to include cannabis, you know, cannabis knowledge. When you're doing your CE credit, see how can you find a way to include cannabis knowledge or cannabis industry knowledge in your continuing education. Because whether you, you know, have owned a bakery or bookstore, any type of retail business, you're going to be faced with the same challenges in the cannabis space. You're still going to have to have inventory control. You're still going to have standard operating procedures. You're still going to have to decide, hey, do I want to franchise? Do I want to stay small scale? Now, you still have those same concerns. It's just that when you come in the cannabis space, you have to know the source of your products, you have to have you make sure that, that your products are sourced properly. That's where a lot of people fail is that the sourcing of their products is not, they don't do the research. And and that's when, you know, you start asking yourself, is this the industry I want to go into? Because it's very cash intensive and it's expensive. <laughs> so retail is one of the easiest spaces to transition. And, and general business services. Those are the two easiest transitions into this industry. Awesome. Unless you're already farming. Yeah. But, but for the, the you profiles farming? you gave, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you're already farming, definitely, because this is a good rotation crop. Um, so if for, for the profiles you gave, somebody with money ready to jump in this or the average middle class person, the best two, the best two ways to transition into this is retail, you know, if you have the cash flow or the or the, the access to capital. Uh, but if you're that everyday, uh, you know, going to work, have a side, you know, business and you're in the service space like law, accounting, uh, in, any any business service, it's easy to transition to the cannabis space. Cool. What I want to do next is let's talk about some of the myths um, that you maybe we can dispel one or two myths that people have of the industry. Cause like you said, going back to the beginning, this is, you know, everyone's not on board yet with the cannabis idea. Everyone, some people say, oh, it's right. a drug. I'm not going to, you know, even though, and, and here's what I want to do. I'm going to take it from this angle because we can go into the political side and how, you know, so many black men have been locked up over this. And now all of a sudden all the white people are making money off of this. We're going to, we're not going to talk. Let's, let's, let's go away from that angle. Well, let's just talk about some of the myths uh, maybe that um, the people have that we can kind of get them for those of us who are out there who are looking at it. And we just have a few more questions. What are some of the myths that you want to dispel about the industry? I mean, the the, the number one myth that, that I think people have to really, really, really get out of their heads is, is quick, fast money. Mm. And, you know, um, when we think about you know, the days of the illegal marijuana smuggling and hustling is like a quick, fast term race. On the legal side, it's just like that. Right. You know, it's it's a real walk in the jungle <laughs> because <laughs> you have to deal with, you know, the um the the laws as they you know, as they apply to you locally, at the state level, as well as the federal level. And a lot of times those three entities don't line up. Mm-hmm. So it's not just this quick turn of money like people think. There's a lot of money in this industry. I mean, because, I mean, let's be honest, everybody knows somebody that's not weed. Right, right, right. 
So it, it's like it, the money is there, but it's not quick like people think. I mean, you have to go through the processes, whatever that process may be. If that's, you know, setting up your business the right way for the first time, you know, getting incorporated, setting up your back office properly, you know, you have to put in the work. Awesome. That's that's the number one thing is, is knowing that this is this is not this is not like easy, but it's it's, it's fun, man. It's it's, it's life changing because even if someone was to try to dive into the cultivation side, I mean, you have to look at this plant has a mind of its own. It's like raising a baby. Mm. You have to literally deal with this plant daily. Wow. So it's not it's not just some. I'm going to jump in here and grow me some weed and sell it. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's more to it than that. I mean, you have to understand about handling the plant if you're going to put it on the market. There are regulations that go along with opening a dispensary or any type of retail space. You, know, you have to have certificates of analysis. You have to make sure your plants have been tested by a third-party laboratory. And there's a long list of um, tests that they do. You know, you test for... for um, Test for lead, you test for, for pests, termite, all all types of of different um, you know potential hazards you test for. So it's not just growing some weed and selling; it's more to it than that. Right. You know, and that's why in in in, in my talk, you know, um, this upcoming weekend, I talk about you know from hustle to enterprise. You know, if if, if you think this is going to be a hustle, I mean, all things start out as a hustle. You know, sometimes your hobby is a hustle. But what happens when you come into the legal cannabis space, you start realizing that it's not a hustle anymore. It's a legit business because you have to have records of your inventory. You know, you have to have records of where did this plant come from if you're, you know, selling it out of a dispensary. Who was a third party? And then you have to deal with the fact, okay, it's, it's illegal federally, but my state allows it. You know, the feds going to come in on me. You know, <laughs> so there's a lot to think about. Absolutely. Let me, um, let me ask you this. Uh, and then, and then, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, I was just going to say in regards to the social impact view that you're referring to, that that's one of the reasons why, you know, I guess I'm, you know, out here doing what I'm doing. I'll put it like that on the forefront is because um, people have been demonized and criminalized because of this plant. Mm-hmm. When this plant has a longer history than humans, you know, himself so when we start taking a look at the social impact i mean i think this is that opportunity that we all as you know whatever race color creed etc cetera, etc cetera, have to sit at the table and be honest with ourselves and say hey you know we have an opportunity now to change the landscape of the human experience mm-hmm. there's not one social class that's not impacted by this plan there's not one race or ethnic group that has not been impacted by this plant, be it positive or negative. But when we look at the negative side of it, the negative experience, it's been disproportionately impacted. You know, there's, there has Absolutely. been groups that have been negatively disproportionately impacted. So as a black man, understanding the history of this plant and having the understanding of the economy that I do, I feel this is an opportunity for um, the table to be turned, you know, when we take a look at what hemp can do, and that's what I want people to start doing is, is let's not worry about getting high. <laughs> right, you know, when right, we right. want to talk about money, the money is really going to come through hemp. Mm. Yep. You know, if we stop and say, okay, we're going to start using hemp as our primary 
source of fuel, that'll change the game in a minute. Because when we look at the history of the, the prohibition of the plant, it was the oil barons and, you know, other special interest groups got with the government and created the Marijuana Tax Act, 1937. And why was that? When we look at the history, we see that the oil barons, they wanted to get rid of of cannabis because it was it was a high utility plant and they wanted to bring in synthetics. Do the research. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It was the oil industry that, that helped make cannabis illegal because hemp was used for everything. And when you do the research on the history of agriculture in this country, so called forefathers, they were all hemp farmers. You had to farm hemp before you could farm anything else in this country. That's why like people need to wake up and realize this is more than just smoking weed. Mm-hmm. We're talking about changing the economic landscape of the world. When we look at China, we see China never stop producing hemp. You know, right. so it's taking time to understand the plant. This is not an overnight thing. We're talking about this is listen to the words I'm using. This is a once in a lifetime generational opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you position yourself properly, you and your family can be the Fords of the future. Carnegie, you know, this is that opportunity. Yeah, you know, and and, and this is the this is the last economic frontier. You know, I have my BA from Hampton in economics, so I've been studying this plan from an economic perspective for the past twenty five years. Wow! And I've asked, you know, international bankers, I've asked lawyers, judges, everybody that I could survey. What's after weed? Can nobody tell me? Mm. <laughs> so once we find a way to equally deal with this plant on the economic scale, then we'll start seeing some changes in the human landscape because we have to start seeing some changes. Mm. You know? People are cruel to each other in this time. So, you know, I mean, I'm I'm saying this jokingly, but when we think about, you know, you know, when people make jokes of, of, of smoking marijuana, it's like, hey, everybody's happy, you know, everybody's happy. So if that's the case, let's everybody be happy <laughs> and let's everybody make some money together because it's enough money to go around. Right. You know, I look at it like and, uh, you know, if you if this I don't know how long ago, but if, if you didn't like petroleum, but you had a way to get into the oil industry, would you pass it up? Probably not, because you know how much is you know how much money and how much opportunity is there, and this is kind of like that. It, it's like right. this is one of the industries, like you said, right? The last frontier, the last thing that the that, that we can see um, that is going to be that is the this generation's oil boom or the gold rush, um, where if you can right. shift what you the way you look at things and the way you look at the product itself, but if you can position yourself and think about the benefits. Um, from the industry, from the business side, and even the product itself, you know, uh, just like you said, educate yourself on it. Would you rather position yourself to be a part of it or sit back and complain and, and talk about, you know, in a negative way and not take advantage of that? Um, especially, like you said, we, our, our people specifically were locked out of every other opportunity. So, you know, we, when I watch, you know, not, my wife makes fun of me all the time because I watch that History Channel show, um, America, The Men Who Made Us. Um, and I watch it for, you know, history reasons, you know, to learn how we got here. And it's amazing because there's never been a single black person spotlighted in any of 
Americans history and how this country was made, which we know is not true, but it's like, that's not what's focused in this, this industry. I mean, that, 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 that program rather, here's a chance that we can be the next generation. Um, but like you said, I really like how you stress. This is not a, a, a hustle. This is not a quick get money type thing. This is you, when you're building a business, a legitimate business, there's legitimate ways and steps you have to go through to get that. Um, and you kind of laid those out for us. And I definitely appreciate that. What I want you to do uh, before we uh, go, I want you to go ahead and and give any final words, any final insight, anything that you have coming up where people can get more information if they want to contact you, uh, hire you to consult them. Uh, let us know how we can do all that. All right, great. Well, I want to thank you first, Ryan, for having me on the show. Uh, I always enjoy uh, the opportunity to talk about the legal cannabis industry because I want to make sure I do my part and um, you know, making sure everyone gets the word, hey, it's time. So um, what I would tell, you know, anyone that has considered, and even if you haven't considered, start paying attention. Start paying attention to the news and start doing your own research. That's the primary thing you have to want to do is do some research on your own. And um, as far as contacting me, um, you can visit my website, www.greenlife dash consulting.com that's green life dash consulting.com and um, you can go and subscribe to our website um, you can see the events we have coming up uh, catch me this weekend at the mastermind exchange on the 18th and i'll tell anyone um don't be afraid of cannabis mm-hmm. and do some research because it can help you one way or another I'm not going to make any false claims about it, but just take some time to reconsider how you view the plant. And again, Ryan, thank you for your time, and uh, thank you to all of your listeners for for tuning in today. Absolutely, Jerome. Thank you very much. We'll be talking again real soon because I'm trying to get in on this thing for real. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. All right, thank you. No problem. Take care. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Passionpreneur Podcast. If you liked it, tell someone else about it. Go ahead and share it out. And also make sure you click that subscribe button and follow us and listen to every week's episode. I am your host, Ryan C. Green. You can reach me at www.ryancgreen.com. Follow me on all social media at Raji Speaks. I look forward to working with you, talking to you soon. And just remember, if the best part about going to work is getting off of work, it's time to become a passionpreneur. 